little playoff edition portfolio review. We'll recap some wild card weekend action. Had a lot of teams over on Underdog. And of course, we got to check out the state of the playoff best ball portfolio. Lots of chaos with uh, a bunch of advancing teams with dead players. So we'll tab through and see if we're live in any of the major contests. I'm Pete. This is the portfolio review. Let's do it. I suffer from a debilitating condition known as atropic chalkitis. Peter's one of the greatest depositors I've ever seen. Trust the process. Let's go. Let's go. I got auto match with Levitan. This is bullshit. If I just go the other way in that 66, I win all the money. All the money. If I had 150 lineups, I'd win too. Process over results. Illuminati make a bitch go crazy. I don't know which one of these my baby. Bust out AP. Close spot bullets in your head like KD. Bust it. Hey everyone. Hey everyone. GM, GM, GM. I don't know what, what was it? Was last week? Oh yeah. Last week was cash game week. So we did the Gill cast on Sunday night instead of the portfolio review. Uh, yesterday was a holiday and we had a bunch of NFL action. There wasn't anything to really review until all of the dust settled. So I figured why not? a Tuesday edition of the portfolio review. Haven't quite figured out, you know, what my content schedule is going to be once there's no portfolio to review, but we'll figure that out. Uh, certainly going to take a little bit of uh, time off, but I'm sure underdog is not going to let us take much time off in that the, uh, the way too early 2024 best ball contest will probably be launched uh, in short order. And then we'll, We'll roll up our sleeves and get back to work. But yeah, wanted to do a, a show this morning. Thought it would be fun to kind of tab through some of the playoff uh, best ball teams, see if anything's looking promising, and also recap uh, wildcard weekend action here. Um, but I think we got to do the usual, right? I mean, we got to feed the ducks. We got to pour some coffee. We got to say our GMs, all of that good stuff here. GMs, GMs all around. What is up, Omega? We are on to the divisional drafts. Excited to see what uh, Numi and Hope and the underdog team roll out for divisional weekend. Really kind of our last really good slate of getting four games, you know, eight quarterbacks. You can still have some fun in those BR streets. I actually really enjoyed uh, some of the Monday only contests. We actually got some, you know, uh, fringe performers who really hit. You get the David Moore hitting. You get the Dawson Knox. I mean, even Mason Rudolph had a, a serviceable game. So with four games, the main BR should be pretty good. I'll uh, I'll be excited to dive into that. What is up, Bindle? Yes, let's get the Ducks going. Let's get the Ducks. The Ducks are being fed. It's really cute now. Uh, April, uh, she uh, she says quack when I say April. What sound does a duck make? Uh, she now knows most of the farm animals, but the ducks will always be near and dear to her heart. Uh, Six little ducks, still one of her favorite songs. Uh, now I just need to convert her to feeding the ducks. Um, I think she'll appreciate the name. I don't know if the the song is going to do it for her though. Um, ducks are being fed. Let's pour some coffee. I was up early with April this morning. Uh, so I've already drank uh, most of my allotment of daily coffee, but I, I saved enough here for one pour. Someone in the comments will probably be like, that's a weak pour. Well, yeah, I was up early and I'm out of coffee. So just deal with it. See, I told you it was going to be a weak pour. We're at the bottom of the barrel here. Already properly caffeinated. Oh, yeah, Bindles. Who is this year's Isovis? I mean, 
pretty nice call there. Uh, what did it? Did he have a touchdown in Week 18? Uh, he was. Uh, he, he's a baller, man. I think. I think Iosovis is who we wanted Jeff Janis to be, or Iosovis is who Jeff Janis would have been if he didn't play for uh, a maniacal crazy man named Aaron Rodgers. Hmm. It was getting a little dangerous there at uh, at the end. Um, okay, let's um, let's start with some of the wild card stuff. I actually had a second place finish in third and short contest. I've been loving all of the um, smaller contests that they've been putting up. I, I love you know De bomb third and short fullback dive those those smaller ones here. And in the third and short, uh, I ended up finishing. Uh, let me put my camera down here for a sec i ended up finishing in second here um i didn't think i had a chance to get first and then devonta smith uh started balling out last night he had that uh near miss at the very end that would have put me really close as far as being in striking distance of first place but this was a team on the full wild card slate it was a matthew stafford double stack to puka and cooper cup pretty classic chalk double stack there but it was this mini correlation that really pushed the lineup to the top aaron jones of course goes for 31.6 points jake ferguson goes for 32.3 points and then i took uh devonta smith in here as well at 18.8 points um i was absolutely absolutely hammering uh devonta smith in these early contests because I, I was kind of bearish on aj brown he got ruled out saturday i'm sure i drafted this team on a thursday or friday took him at pick 20 um, and then people were kind of just anchored to that ADP. So Devonta ended up being a pretty nice late selection. Aaron Jones, I got at pick 32 here. He was another guy that was sliding in drafts. Jake Ferguson was popular. You know, he would pretty much never slide past the DAC owner, but I wanted to make sure I was getting some Jake Ferguson solo stuff as well. Uh, but this is why I like the smaller contest. You know, third and short ends up having 456. You can kind of do the more classic things like if you do just the classic double stack in the big br it's much harder to get there like you can't survive the 5.2 points from cooper cup um but you can in the third and short um just basically hitting the two other nuke performances with aaron jones and jake ferguson end up finishing just about 10 points outside of first kaiser soze takes it down with uh interestingly enough the puka cooper cup without matthew stafford he gets the dac um to tony pollard aaron jones jake ferguson so that's interesting there it's so he goes pick five puka pick eight cup and then sits there and is like all right dak fell to 17 i'll take dak there uh can't really blame him and then just kind of builds out uh, a dak stack from there this is another weird thing where this room clearly did not like uh the cowboys because dak falls to 17 and jake ferguson falls all the way to pick 32. i, I don't know if i saw jake ferguson fall that far in many rooms but yeah, this uh this kept me profitable on the week here, getting two thousand dollars in this contest for uh, second place. Yeah, I mean, I guess he could have gotten sniped on Stafford. Maybe the Kyron Williams drafter took him. Um, I could see that, but people also just hate taking Stafford, um, even with having Cup or Puka. So maybe he just like, I just prefer Dak straight up, and I can get access to both of those in a smaller contest. And again, I don't. I think in the BR, uh, that's probably suboptimal in the big contest when you have, you know, more than 10,000 entries, but 456 entries, you're basically just getting two stacks and getting the higher upside quarterback. So I think that 
uh, makes a ton of sense in this one. Hmm. Oh, Don G here. These small contests have been awesome. I came in sixth here. Oh, yeah, there you are. Uh, ooh, had the Baker. Nice. Man, Baker ended up having an awesome score. This ended up being a super fun slate. Um, you know, Baker was pretty much going undrafted. Jordan Love going undrafted. And you get some pretty nice scores out here. And look at even Don here, able to survive um, only six from Mike Evans, 14 from Tyreek. But he hits on that Aaron Jones, Jake Ferguson. That was pretty much kind of all you had to do in this small contest. It's like you have Aaron Jones and Jake Ferguson and a decent quarterback score, and you can crash the top of the leaderboard. Uh, looks like all of these teams here in the top had that Jake Ferguson. Oh, here's one without Aaron Jones. Um, this is a fun team here. Josh Allen to Khalil Shakur with the final pick. Another guy who wasn't getting drafted. Uh, play kind of a Dallas onslaught without Dak. Tony Pollard, CeeDee Lamb, Jake Ferguson, and then Jameer Gibbs here. But yeah, uh, really like these small contests. Uh, I bricked out into bomb. Um, nothing good going over here. Did you guys see this lineup from T. Paul, uh, Pollock? I don't know. Is, is T. Pollock in the in the Discord or around these parts? I always see their username in these contests. Very good player, but not sure I'm familiar with them. But this person absolutely ran away from the contest with the Romeo Dobbs play. I have to imagine he had the only share of Romeo Dobbs in the bomb. But yeah, you get 24 points from pick 34 and you're absolutely cooking and then just had the total nuts. You know, just game stacks this. Dak Prescott, Jake Ferguson, Tony Pollard, bring it back with both Dobbs and Aaron Jones. I mean, holy shit. <laughs> Getting over 50 points from your Aaron Jones, Romeo Dobbs combo and uh, then just a one-off Tyree kill. So sick lineup there in bomb. It, it certainly, it takes some stones to scroll that far down in bomb because again, it's only a 330-person contest. Um, I think the ways you get unique, like even just having a double stack probably puts you in a small grouping of players who are going to have that combo of players. So scrolling all the way down to Dobbs is just some absolutely sick shit. And uh, I love it there for T. Pollock. So congratulations there. Thank you, Paul. Nice hit. So close to horn. Saw your second up there. I know I'm still chasing a first. I had a second. I've had multiple seconds um, on the shorter slates, the Thanksgiving one. This one had my really big week where I finished, you know, seventh and, uh, or what was it? Like fourth and seventh in the in the main BR. But the, the horns still um, elude me. I think I'm going to get in the double doink streets. I'm going to pull a Paul. For those of you guys who don't know, I think I mentioned this on off and on the clock. So Paul here, uh, as part of cash game week, he got in the double doink streets and uh, took it down and then discovered, even though double doink is just a double up contest, that they still give out horns if you win the contest. So my wheels started turning. And I'm like, if I just keep going through this bink drought, I might just have to start firing tournament teams at the double doink. Although we're running out of time. I don't even know if they're going to have a double doink this week. But that might be your GTO strat for getting horns. You just roll out a bunch of double stacks in the doink. Willis says, got to get in those puck streets. That's where the real kings get their horns. Yeah, Paul did earn his, king, uh, his, uh, his horns in the puck streets. I see you guys out there. I mean, I've gotten so Battle Royale pilled this year. You know, more than any other year of... Uh, playing fantasy that I might go with withdrawals, go through some withdrawals, hop in there with you hoops heads, with you puck heads, who knows, maybe a little MLB. We shall see uh, there as well. 
Um, let's see, anything else going on here? I didn't have uh, any good sweats in the battle royale. I actually didn't spend as much time in here. Only got 30 entries in. Uh, shout out to our guy Copper, who I believe is hanging in the chat. Uh, got, uh, what place was this? Fourth place for 7K, nice hit. Um, but man, that Mike Evans score. Uh, we we did a, a ship cast last night over on Ship Chasing, a companion stream. And watching, you know, the, the Bucks were obviously by far the better team, but there were so many drops. It just seemed like every single drive, it was someone on the Bucks dropping a pass or Baker Mayfield just missing someone. I mean, Evans had that brutal drop there, um, but still $7,000. Nice score here for Copper Prices, who's always uh, near the top of the leaderboards here. Nice team, Copper. If I had 122 entries, I would have won $7,000 too. First place was a... Dak Prescott to Jake Ferguson with an Aaron Jones bring back. Puka one-off, Rashi one-off, Devin Singletary. I love this lineup. Um, Devin Singletary was my favorite uh, click in the main BR. He was going undrafted most of the week. He only gets 14 points, but it's nice to see uh, that he was the piece uh, you needed here as far as this winning lineup. Obviously, the main things are just getting the Dak Ferguson, Aaron Jones, um, and then you hit the two one-off wide receivers who score the most within reason. Sorry, Romeo Dobbs. But yeah, Puka, Rashi Rice. This is a fun, fun lineup here because you get some correlation with the Dak Ferguson, Aaron Jones bring back, and then Singletary as the scroll the F down hidden gem, and then you just nail these two wide receivers here, Puka and Rashi Rice. Nothing too fancy, nothing too off the board. Um, little correlation, little scroll down, bada bing, bada boom, 20K for Texas Ranger right there. Hmm. Justin says Rashad White killing the UD pick'em. Yeah, I mean, for us, uh, yeah, it, that was brutal. I can pull that up. If you guys missed it last night, I've been on, I've also been on a little bit of a, a pick'em drought. Um, we did hit our core entry last night, which was nice. Uh, Devontae Smith, higher five and a half receptions. Godwin, that suck out TD. Uh, holy cow. I did not think that was going to happen. He goes higher than 9.85 fantasy points. And then in the core, we had Baker Mayfield over Jalen Hurts. He was getting spotted 18 and a half yards. One of the fun things right now um, be, with kind of the passing yards is you can go, Fantasy Life has projections available. Uh, ETR has the, the full data set available. And most sites had like a 30-yard spread between Baker Mayfield and Jalen Hurts. And yet this one was just 18 and a half that you were having to spot him. So we really liked Baker more passing yards than Hurts. That works. But then we had the five leg. And this is where it was just max pain if you guys missed it. So it had those three core picks that I was talking about, but it had the Dallas Goddard TD spice, which I believe was 1.75X. And then we did another rivals, Rashad White versus DeAndre Swift. This was total scrimmage yard. So including rushing and receiving, Rashad White was ahead the whole game. They go into that final drive, the garbage time drive with just a couple minutes left. DeAndre Swift is still on the field. I mean, I'm not uh, an Eagle, Eagles laundry bro who watches every second, but it's like, hasn't Kenneth Gainwell been out on the field for that two-minute drill every single other time this year? But for some reason, DeAndre Swift's out there, and for some reason, Jalen Hurts is checking down to him. Two different checkdowns to DeAndre Swift. I think we had like a 10-yard cushion here heading into that drive. Maybe it was a little less. 
Um, DeAndre Swift ends up catching a couple balls and eclipsing Rashad White by five yards. And so we went from thinking this pick em, five leg was dead to just needing a Chris Godwin suck out. Godwin scores the TD. Pants are off. We're going crazy. I mean, we had a, a nice little chunk of change on this one. This was $100 to win 3.6K. And we're like, holy shit, we're going to do it. And then two DeAndre Swift check downs later, and it gets wiped. We're praying and praying that uh, Rashad White comes out on the field, but the game was over. They bring out Chase Edmonds, GG. We lose this one by five yards. And it's also so tilting because I feel like DeAndre Swift has been just such a trap play for the second half of the season. He did that thing where he kind of, you know, uh, reeled us in because at the beginning of the year, he's looking explosive, getting some big plays. You're like, holy cow, DeAndre Swift, man, he's going to cook in this offense. And then he gets cucked at the goal line, um, falls down at the one yard line a million times, uh, doesn't have any more explosive plays in him. And it's like, all right, this feels good to bet against Rashad White, or sorry, against DeAndre Swift in this spot. And then, of course, he comes back and bites us in the ass. So, yeah, uh, Copper, we're going to need to get in the lab for divisional weekend. We need to hit some bombs this weekend, all right? That's what we all need to go in the lab. We all need to put our heads together. We need to figure out the spices. We need to get our correlations in order. We need to hit some goddamn pick em bombs this weekend, okay? I'm telling you, we're, we're going to get some 100 Xs. That's that's the plan. Divisional round pick ems I'm also going to be, uh, I'm traveling this weekend. I'm doing my annual uh, trip with my college buddies. And there's a lot of pressure on me for this weekend because I'm going to be the one cooking up the pick em entries. I'm going to be the one, you know, firing our, our spread bets, our over-unders and stuff like that. So I need us all dialed in. I got to come with the goods for this weekend here. Going to be live sweating it with my uh, my college buddies out in California. So uh, we will be in the lab this week. I'll be sure to share uh, pick em entries in the Discord as well if you guys end up wanting to tail. Copper had a really close one. Um, I believe, what day was it? I tailed you. Oh, yeah, it was. Uh, no, where are we? Look at all of these close calls here. What was this one? This was a was this one that I just did. Yeah, man. Now I'm I'm looking at my graveyard of like near miss pickums here. I just saw this one. Uh, five picks for over a thousand. Aaron Jones higher. Brandon Cooks higher. Dak Prescott higher. Anders Carlson. I was I, this might have been one we built on often on the clock. I can't even remember, man. I can't even look at this this pickum graveyard. I thought I thought Copper had one in here that was four or five. Now I'm back down to looking at some of these old ones. I don't know where it is. Yeah. Um, yeah, what's up, Josh ADHD? So many single red dots this weekend. Brutal stuff. Yup. Oh, th this is the one I was thinking of, Copper. This is the one I tailed you in that you posted in the Hand Builder and Opto Bros uh, channel. Uh, Jake Ferguson, Spice TD, hit. David Montgomery, lower one and a half receptions, hit. Dalton Schultz, Tutty, hit. Dak Prescott, higher than 282.5 passing yards, hit. Christian Watson. But this this actually serves you right, Copper. You're just building out this really sharp pick em, and then you let your... Christian Watson, Green Bay, Homer Hopium, take over and kill the entry. Hmm. Uh, all right. 
you guys want to you guys want to talk some playoff best ball last last night on ship chasing i said i said i'm not gonna go through and name my teams i was making fun of uh i was making fun of pat for naming like dead teams and i was like you know what i'm like i'll i'll wait until you know conference championship weekend to go name my teams and see what my sweats are i ended up naming my teams last night <laughs> I, I tabbed through them all. It was it was partly out of curiosity, sure, but also as uh, if you guys read my newsletter, the PO Box. Uh, I talked about how I have a goal to read more this year, and one of the first things I'm putting in place to make that happen is I'm not taking my phone into the bedroom at night anymore because what's basically been happening throughout the season is right before I go to bed, you know, go upstairs. And I start drafting teams. I start looking at stuff on my phone, responding to messages. You end up staying up later. I'm not reading at all. And I said, you know what? The, the easiest place for me to carve out time to read is before bed. Because I know I can read for 20 to 30 minutes, start getting a positive habit rolling. Um, and I said very intentionally that I was going to start it tonight. Tonight is going to be the first night that I leave my phone down at my desk. So last night, was like my rumspringa. It was like my my last hurrah, my bachelor party to my to my phone, whatever analogy you want to use. And I said, you know how I'm going to spend this last night of having my phone before bed, going through and naming all of my playoff best ball teams that are live for a Super Bowl. So we could pull that up and uh, and as kind of the additional part with that. Uh, reading goal and i'm gonna write about it for this week's po box newsletter which by the way free newsletter i do every single friday drops in your inbox i have it pinned in the chat here you can subscribe i do kind of a recap of the week in content share some links i'm enjoying and then normally write about whatever's on my on my mind last week i wrote about uh the habit i'm going to try to build before bed by removing my phone and then uh this week i'm going to write about the po box book club so I'm going to launch a book club. The goal, here's the spoiler, is going to be to read 15 books between now and the start of the season. Averages out to about uh, two books a month. Some people might seem like that seems like a lot. Some might say that's child's play. I read all the time. Congratulations, yada, yada. For me, that's the attainable and aggressive goal, the sweet spot between that. And I figure some of you would probably like to join in with me. We'll get some suggestions going, kind of curate a book club off-season reading list. So I'll have a form in there. And I'm also going to do a giveaway to further incentivize myself to stay on track with my reading goal. I'm, I will be doing a giveaway for every book I'm short of that 15 book goal. So I'll describe all of the details in the Friday PO box. It's a free newsletter, subscribe, and then that will drop in your inbox and you guys can get more details and how to get entered into that giveaway. But I'm telling you, I'm not I'm not gonna lose. I, I, am, I am motivated, I am building the habits, I'm offering the negative free roll, I'm doing the public accountability, 2024, the year we learn how to read again. Um, all right, let's look at some playoff best ball teams here. I know that's what's on everyone's mind. Uh, of course, the big story being there's so many advancing teams with dead players, right? You get the zombie Jake Ferguson teams. You get the zombie, you know, Puka Nakua teams. All of these teams that um, got elevated to the second round because of really single performances that are now just dead. Um, and as I was tabbing through my teams, the funny thing is, is you're looking, you, normally, you know, like when you're sweating your season-long best ball teams, you're going to see, oh, who's scoring the most? Which teams are doing well? 
with this exercise, you don't want to see a high score because if your team scored over 100, it probably means you have Dak Prescott and Jake Ferguson. So this was the classic case of wanting to advance as many bad teams as possible, or I should say low scoring teams. So in the main gauntlet, this is where I think I have my best kind of overall playoff best ball portfolio as far as the various contests. Uh, I got 75 entries into that contest. And let's see here. I have named them. The only ones I named are where I have a quarterback and that's still live. And I can field a full starting lineup in the Super Bowl. And I have three lineups that have all 10 players available. I have a KC Detroit Buffalo with zero dead a Buffalo, San Francisco, Detroit with zero dead, a Buffalo, San Francisco, Detroit with zero dead. And then I have kind of a mix of other ones. I got a Detroit, Baltimore with two dead, San Francisco, Houston, KC with two dead, um, and then kind of a smattering of others. But I can pull up a few of these teams kind of scanning through as I was naming these. I kind of liked how balanced I was. Like I have some Buffalo, I have some San Francisco. The one that was disappointing to me as I was hoping I would have more Baltimore. Um, really, the only Baltimore thing I have here is this Detroit Baltimore team. It needed uh, Dallas to carry it through. So it did lose Jake Ferguson, CeeDee Lamb, but that's the price to pay. So it has a Jared Goff, Jameer Gibbs, David Montgomery, Jamison Williams, Josh Reynolds on the Detroit side. And then on the Baltimore side, it has Gus Edwards, Zay Flowers, Odell Beckham, uh, obviously, I don't have too much hope for the Lions making the Super Bowl, but this feels like a team that could certainly advance to uh, the conference championship round. I can show you a couple of the teams with no dead players. Two of them are eerily similar. I don't know if I drafted these back to back, but they're almost identical, uh, which will then be a good uh, example of how the pod luck works. But this first one is uh, a Josh Allen team. Josh Allen. Christian McCaffrey, Jameer Gibbs, David Montgomery, Stefan Diggs, Sam Laporta, Gabe Davis, Jamison Williams, Jawan Jennings, Khalil Shakur. So everything live here, the running backs all coming from the NFC there with Detroit and San Francisco, and then that mega Buffalo onslaught. This one seems pretty fun um, to have all of those players uh, still live. And then the other team, very similar of course, it involves uh, playoff inactive Lenny, Josh Allen, Christian McCaffrey, Jameer Gibbs, Leonard Fournette, Stefan Diggs, Gabe Davis, Dalton Kincaid, Jamison Williams, Khalil Shakur, and Ronnie Bell. So like very, very similar construction collection of players, just some slight tweaks on this one. Um, but this one will advance with all of the players active as well. And then you're just torn. You're torn, you know, do you root for your Buffalo Bill stacks to get there knowing it means Chess Liam is on his way, you know, to winning his uh, his pods as well. So it's a real, a real catch-22 there. Hmm. I'm, I'm pro-mush. You can mush me. Oh, Ronnie Bell. Yeah, we got to ring the bell with Ronnie. If I win the gauntlet, uh, how about this? If I win the gauntlet with Ronnie Bell... Everyone who leaves a comment on this YouTube stream when it's over, uh, I, I will give uh, I will give a twenty five dollar Taco Bell gift card. <laughs> there it is, Taco Bell gift card. If we win the gauntlet, to everyone who leaves a comment.
Um, let's see. What was my other one? This was my other team that has no dead players. That's a KC one. I like this one. Obviously, it's going to lose um, some of the... In this one, you want KC to win. Um, and this is why I kind of like that portfolio because I have the two Buffalo teams. So if those win, those would theoretically be looking good. But then I also have this KC team. So it's Mahomes, Pacheco, Travis Kelsey, Rashi Rice, uh, Justin Watson. So all of the, the Chiefs guys, the premium Chiefs guys. Then it has James Cook and Gabe Davis are the only Buffalo guys. So we can certainly uh, survive a Buffalo loss. And then it's Detroit on the other side. Jameer Gibbs. Uh, Sam Laporta and Josh Reynolds. So this one needs a KC and Detroit Super Bowl, but it's nice having all of the premium KC pieces, which I believe were much harder to get um, post uh, some of these early weeks. I'm, I, I'm guessing this was was drafted uh, much earlier. Um, let's see. What are my other fun ones here? Where's a two dead team? Oh, yeah, this was a two-dead San Francisco-Houston KC. So I like this one. I had the Brock Purdy CJ Stroud, and then it was just Nico and CJ Stroud were covering for Brock and Ayuk. This one, of course, does lose the Jake Ferguson and Brandon Cooks, but it also has Rashi Rice, Isaiah Pacheco. So this one is much thinner, but it'll at least have two quarterbacks this week which will, will be helpful to have both Brock, Brock and CJ Stroud going. We need, um, you know, we're live for a San Francisco KC or a San Francisco uh, Houston Super Bowl. But this one, not going to have as much uh, firepower here. Did I show this Detroit Baltimore one? Yeah, I showed that one. This one has six dead. Here's another Buffalo uh, San Francisco KC one. Um, this one lost the Goddard, Devonta Smith, and what did it lose? And DeAndre Swift. So this has Josh Allen, goddamn Leonard Fournette, uh, Stefan Diggs, uh, Dalton Kincaid, and then you got the the Ayuk. And uh, who's the other KC on this one? Is this only one San Francisco? That's kind of a bummer. Only one San Francisco on this one. That was also kind of the thing. Sometimes you take Ayuk or whatever, and you would just get fully boxed out. And I think I ended up just committing to a heavy Buffalo stack in this one, knowing that I could still field a Super Bowl lineup with just Buffalo San Francisco. So it'd have to be Allen, Fournette, Diggs, Kincaid with the Ayuk final. Hmm. Wonder how many Purdy Lamar teams are left since they didn't have Allen and Dak. Yeah, I haven't I haven't seen too many. Um I have not seen uh too many of those. I have one, I think I have one Lamar team and another one. Let me go see where I named these. But yeah, that the the main gauntlet is where I have the most kind of interesting teams, like in the summit. Um yeah, I only have one team that's live, and it's kind of a gross team. It's a, a Josh Allen, Fournette, Gabe Davis, Shakir, George Kittle. So that one doesn't seem that fun. The Gauntlet 2, I thought I had one Baltimore team with Lamar. But yeah, I, it, it is a bummer because I don't think I got basically any Lamar stuff through. Um, And that's the other thing when you think about getting a Lamar team through, I was not 
doing Houston to with my Lamar builds because if Houston won, I was working under the assumption that both KC and Buffalo won, which meant Houston would go on the road to Baltimore, and I didn't want to necessarily use um, my backdoor stack on a team who would play my primary stack in round two, which my you know in hindsight looks like a mistake because you know the Stroud and Nico and Singletary certainly would have helped you advance um that's just kind of the the gross ways that this contest can break this one is kind of fun um it loses three dead Rams players Stafford Kyron and Puka but you needed that uh Puka to get it through but it has CJ Stroud Devin Singletary and Nico uh, along with James Cook, Khalil Shakur on the AFC side. And then it does have Debo in Iuk on San Francisco. So I guess if Houston makes a run, this one could be a little fun. This is my only uh, Green Bay stuff I got through. This team finished first in its pod. It has three dead here. Um, the dead players are Eagles. No DeAndre Swift, AJ Brown, Devonta Smith. But I do get the Aaron Jones and Jaden Reed combo through. Nice to have two of those guys. So it's a Josh Allen, James Cook, uh, Stefan Diggs, and Dalton Kincaid. So you get four bills. And then we have Zay Flowers for Baltimore, hopefully getting us there to the conference championship. And then it's going to be all on Green Bay. So I, I would need a Buffalo Green Bay Super Bowl on this one. But uh, nice to get an Aaron Jones Reed team through. Gotta figure Jaden Reed ends up being a pretty nice piece um, if the Packers were somehow able to pull off the upset. Um, although I guess, I mean, what percentage of Aaron Jones teams do you guys think have Jaden Reed? Probably a good amount. Because if you were taking Aaron Jones, you probably weren't doing it as a one-off. Um, you were probably, maybe you did Jordan Love and Aaron Jones to cover a, a bye week situation. But my guess is most people who took Aaron Jones also grabbed Jaden Reed. Yes, uh, I agree. High advance rate doesn't feel like a good thing. I'm, I think I in the main gauntlet I was at like twenty two percent. Little gauntlet. Oh, here's my Baltimore Tampa Bay one. This was my one uh, Lamar team, and I had basically only drafted Baker to just help it advance. I did nothing else with Tampa Bay. So all this team really has for a Super Bowl, um, obviously you would have two quarterbacks there if I got a Baltimore-Tampa Bay, but it's just five Baltimore. So it has Lamar Jackson, Gus Edwards, Justice Hill, Zay Flowers, and Isaiah Likely. Um, lost the Dallas stuff. Does still have... Uh, oh, this does have Dalton Kincaid on it. But yeah, as far as a Super Bowl, um, it has nothing left on the NFC side because Kyron's dead. Um, Brandon Cooks, Jake Ferguson dead, but, um, this is my, uh, yeah, I think this is my only Baltimore, uh, stack left and it doesn't have anything on the other side, which is a bummer in the, um, in the high stakes ones, the, we drafted this team on ship chasing last week during the playoff week. And we felt so good about this team after we drafted it because it was just a really clean stack. It was just a, a pure Dallas and Baltimore build with a backdoor Tampa stack. So we now lose Dak, Tony Pollard, CeeDee Lamb, Brandon Cooks, Jake Ferguson. So five of these are dead. Um, it still has Justice Hill, Rashad White, 
um, Mike Evans, Mark Andrews, and Zay Flowers. So probably dead without its quarterback, but this is such a small contest that who knows, maybe if it got really mega scores from um, some of these skill position players, it could sneak through. And then this team I drafted with easy, I put these up on uh, DFS After Dark, a premium show. Easy and I ripped off uh, a few of these big mittens. And this team snuck in with Chris Godwin. And maybe you guys can remember if you watched it, but I want to say we were debating here because it's a Patrick Mahomes team, whether we were going to just take another random chief at the end. And in easy was like, I think we need some more firepower to advance this one. So we took Chris Godwin as a one-off Tampa Bay piece opposite of our Philly pieces just to try to advance this bad boy through. That ended up being the correct thesis of the play. So it now has Patrick Mahomes, Rashi Rice um, as the only KC pieces. And then it has Christian McCaffrey uh, and George Kittle. So we need a KC San Francisco Super Bowl, but we wouldn't be able to feel the full lineup. Um, but we also still have stuff live for the Baltimore stuff as well. We have Gus Edwards uh, and Odell Beckham. So this was definitely a hodgepodge team. We got a little loose there, um, mainly getting sniped uh, and just trying to salvage it from an advance rate perspective. But um, not the worst thing in the world to have CMC, Kittle, Mahomes, Rice, Gus, um, Odell, and Godwin there. Yeah, it'll it will be one of the funnest things to tap through the pods. Um, I saw some conversation in the Badge Bros channel in the Discord where people were just kind of anecdotally looking through their overall portfolio, and it does seem like fifty to sixty percent of everyone's advancing teams are are dead in some way. So if that you know ratio is consistent to the pods, you'll basically be competing. You would think uh, against only half of the of the player pool to advance uh assuming that half of the teams that show up are dead um the other big mitten here we did a couple of these with some ship chasers i did one solo that was just an awful team the second i drafted it i knew it was just completely dead it finishes with 50 points it was a miserable draft um, a Brock Purdy to a team, Pollard, Moster, Eli Mitchell, Debo, Zay, Odell, Gallup. I tried to get fancy with the San Francisco, Baltimore stuff. Uh, so this was a fun way to just fucking punt off, uh, however much money this one was, but, uh, we advance, um, one of our ship chasing teams, but again, it's a Dak Prescott team. Um, so it has Pacheco, CEH, Kelsey, Justin Watson, and it does also have Debo and George Kittle. So it's kind of similar to that easy build. Um, but yeah, dead quarterback. Um, and it needs a, K a KC San Francisco final. So that's a bummer. And then a couple of these other ones we drafted with the ship chasing guys just narrowly didn't make it. Um, yeah, this Mahomes team uh, missed out by a few points to Paul and Copper here. What was this other one? Geez, Copper, you're running good in these. Uh, how many teams did you advance in the big mitten? Pretty good. Pretty good. I'm curious, like, what is your guys's, you know, I, I know it's, everyone's always uh, a prisoner of recency bias, but thinking through, like, 
just if you can separate yourself from your own bags and teams and how things played out and work under the assumption that everyone didn't advance a lot of teams, do you think the playoff draft experience is, is a good user experience? Like the way it works, I feel like most of us who are sickos and draft it, like we understand this comes with the territory. You got to crack a lot of eggs to make an omelet in this contest. Or do you think there does need to be some tweaks that allows for more live teams to advance so that the sweats are actually enjoyable? Because that's what I mean by the user experience for it, where even if you get teams through, you're like, I have no quarterback. I only have two players or whatever. I guess I'm just trying to figure out how much of that is a bug versus how much of it is a feature. Because the idea I was spitballing in my head, and I, again, this literally was a random thought I'm having. I'm not running to underdog saying we should do this. But I was thinking, what if there was some kind of added bonus to your score that if your player won the game, they also got like plus one point. I'm literally just throwing shit against the wall. So basically, there'd be this kind of added bonus to getting the the winner right that would kind of bubble up more winning teams. It was just like a, a, a little tweak I was trying to think through of you get more teams through that actually have live players and you get to be kind of correct for picking the winner. And then that would add like a level of strategy too, where more people would probably pile on the teams that were projected to win. We know how people get so excited betting whoever's the favorite or pushing their chips in. So then there'd probably be even more of an edge taking some of the underdogs. But then if you take, you know, one of the teams that advance that doesn't score a lot of points, like say the Detroit guys were fairly spread out, maybe you get an extra five points because those guys won and you got one point bonus for each of those players. I don't know. I'm just split spitballing here. Um, but trying to think, I, I personally like the contest how it is like i think if i saw that thing as a proposal i would personally vote no um because i go into it with open eyes but i'm just curious for the overall user experience because i know there's lots of people who are playing the contest for the first time that are like uh this sucks i don't have any of my live players i mean there were people out there drafting brock purdy lamar jackson teams that didn't even know how the contest works so i do think playoff best ball still has a long way to go as far as like educating the masses um, because it is a super, super fun format, but then you get these weird quirks like last year where it's the two bye week teams in the Super Bowl, or this year where it's the players on the losing teams that go nuclear. And so you get all of these zombie weird advancing teams. I personally love the chaos, but I thought it's a fun thought experiment to think, is there a way you could tweak things just slightly so that more teams that advance were live? Yeah, this yeah, this is kind of exactly maybe QBs get win points like a goalie. Yeah, I think that's probably a better um uh solution there. Yeah, and it and I do agree it would make it harder to get by teams through. Which I would assume if the market reached efficiency on it, it would then add a, a dock to, you know, some of those bye week teams would get pushed down. Like this year I think the format really encouraged you to go heavy on San Francisco and Baltimore. One, because they had the best Super Bowl odds, but two, because the format shifted from one of six advancing to two of six, which was a massive, massive change and made it more possible to sneak through bi-week teams. So if you think of the contest like a puzzle, like then it doesn't really matter what it is. You're just trying to solve for that puzzle. But I'm more thinking 
like macro zoom out for the casual player who isn't in here thinking about this contest like us, how they're thinking about it and will they want to draft teams again next year? John likes three of six advanced first round and larger pods round two. Yeah, it's it's a push-pull. There's sacrifices to everything. I mean, we talked about the same thing with the Best Ball Mania where it's like, okay, do you want a larger final or do you want to have smaller pods, you know, to help you get to that larger final? Would you rather have a more realistic sweat in week 17 or a more realistic sweat in week 16? There's trade-offs to all of this stuff to get it to work. Um, but yeah, I, I love the playoff contest. I think it's such a fun riddle. And I mean... I don't know. I don't know if I've ever had a full Super Bowl team advance to one of the big ones. I think like in the mitten uh, last year, I had one. But going into Super Bowl weekend with a live Super Bowl team and then just like one unique piece—that's a very fun sweat. Like if you get to roll into that and be like, "I have a chance at you know two hundred thousand dollars, and I got my Ronnie Bell, and no one else has Ronnie Bell." That makes the Super Bowl pretty fun. Eric is already ready to fire off some big boards. I, I I'm, I'm honestly excited too as well. Um, I do want like a little bit of a break. Uh, I'm going to be going to uh, Arizona with Underdog, and I'm sure I'm guessing we'll we'll do the first big board draft uh, or first draft live there in Arizona for Super Bowl weekend. Um, I know the Super Bowl's not in Arizona; it's in Las Vegas. But Underdog is. Uh, basically renting out the same place they did last year um, just because it was so uh, insane to try to get um, enough space in Las Vegas to hold everyone. So I'll be out there and uh, it will be wild to uh, to be doing a 2024 fantasy draft in less than what, two or three weeks? Yeah, three weeks. It's going to be crazy. Uh, you tell me, Numi, win big board. How about win a uh, divisional round contest? When are we going to get those up, buddy? Huh? Huh? Let's get them up there, kid. Wait, are they up? Oh, the playbook is up. We got the playbook, folks. I just checked. Numi hard at work. We got the playbook. Six-person drafts. 500 to first. Let's let's rip a playbook. I want to see what the uh the early ADPs are uh for divisional weekend. So quarterback, this is a this is a good quarterback slate, right? Because you're going to have six quarterbacks drafted, which based on just these early uh, ADP, which is essentially just the projections, you're going to have Jared Goff and CJ Stroud are going undrafted in this. So that's what I'm super excited about this slate is I think every quarterback is viable, right? Like you're not looking at a Mason Rudolph and just saying there's really no way this works out. I mean, even CJ Stroud as the last quarterback taken can easily put up a 25 to 30 points in this spot. Goff at home versus the box. You know, Mahomes is Mahomes. Jordan Love's going to sling it the whole whole game. Uh, Baker Mayfield in the dome versus a pass funnel. Brock Purdy at home. Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson. This is a fun quarterback slate. And then tight end. Tight end's pretty fun too. Kittle, Laporta, Kincaid, Kelsey, Musgrave, and Mark Andrews. That's what would really make this interesting. Mark Andrews playing, although I guess it just pivots right to likely. So one, two, three, four, five, six. And then you're going to have Dalton Schultz, Tucker Craft, Kate Otten, Dawson Knox undrafted. So pretty good tight end slate as well. That's where, that's like the sweet spot. You want to make sure that 
some of the players that aren't getting drafted are still, you know, live to score 15 points or whatever. And I would argue that we have that with these tight ends. GA hope and love would be the seventh QB. It might happen, GA, because this is just based on the projections. I would not be surprised that when ADP happens, that if the two biggest dogs of the weekend, which is Jordan Love and CJ Stroud, I actually would bet on that happening. Um, those guys coming in seven and eight. I think people are going to want to draft Jared Goff over Jordan Love, right? I mean, I love Jordan Love, but I'm just trying to put myself in the mind of the market. They're taking Jared Goff at home versus this pass funnel, right? Let's see. Uh, what do we got? I guess this wide receiver slate. Wait a second. What's going on here? We're not We're not taking Brandon Ayuk. Brandon Ayuk needs to be higher. Is there any other really mispriced stuff? Um, Pacheco on the road in Buffalo. I'm definitely taking Ayuk. I mean, Rashi Rice has been such a monster. It does seem like wide receiver gets thin much quicker. Um, Mike Evans should not be going this low either. All right, we're going to do Mike Evans and Brandon Ayuk. Mayfield behind both Love and Stroud. I think people are going to be pretty worried about Stroud on the road at Baltimore. I think I think people are going to get a dome boner for Baker. Baker's definitely too high. I, I do agree with that. He's going to come down. I mean, you, you at the very least, you need to flip Goff and Baker. But I, I, I think people are going to ultimately be okay with Baker. If you would have won the battle royale, they would have copper. I was uh, I was on the phone with them, and they're like, "If Mike Evans scores this TD, we're gonna invite Copper." And I was like, "Really? You sure about that?" And they're like, "Yeah." And then he didn't score. It is another good week too. Like if you double tap wide receiver because there are so many options for quarterback. Obviously, Brock goes here at the two three turn, but I'm gonna have outs for a Baker build. Josh Allen goes two. Lamar Jackson goes four. We, this is a funny room because we got three badges and three non-badges. And you can the non-badges uh, taking the quarterbacks in the first round there. Yeah, it is a very good running back week. Like, even a guy like Devin Singletary, man. I, Devin Singletary might end up being one of my favorite clicks again if he's going undrafted. Gus should not be going this low either. I mean, they have a massive team total at home. I, I know Houston's been better against the run than they have the pass, but man, he's just always live for two TDs. I mean, isn't Gus Edwards like a better bet? He's a better bet for touchdowns than Monty. I guess Monty's a better bet for for yards. Um, I'll definitely do Rashad White here to get that workload. What are we looking at with tight end? I think what yeah we'll do the we'll do the Laporta bring back. We're gonna we're gonna push in on this Bucks and Lions game. So we got Rashad White, Mike Evans, and then Laporta at tight end, and then we got Brandon Ayuk one off there for the Niners. One Niner in every draft. We're gonna keep that rule going here. ADP is there. Refresh. There we go. There we go. 
Yeah, so the ADP is still reflective of those projections. I mean, this was like what? The second or third draft here? Fifth, fifth, sixth draft? Did Goff go? Yeah, we could... We could probably just go the skinny, the Goff Laporta stack. It's probably enough from this game. If you go Goff Laporta, Rashad Evans. I mean, we could definitely do Baker with these guys as well. Normally when I do the running back wide receiver pairing, kind of playing that Rashad White gets a rushing TD. You'd basically need his TD to be a receiving TD, probably for the Baker, Rashad, and Evans. I kind of like the skinny stack with Goff and Laporta. And then it's just finding a fun one-off piece here. Which of these guys without an ADP do you guys think will have an ADP or should have an ADP? Jamison Williams always catches a little love. Trey Palmer. If Trey Palmer tweets out that he's pissed again, he'll have an ADP. I kind of like Justice Hill, man. I'm just starting to get... Here's my take. My take is that Justice Hill is our generation's Jarek McKinnon and Leonard Fournette. That's my take. We're going to get playoff Justice Hill... They're going to rely on him a lot. He'll be on the field a ton, third downs, and they kind of shift to him being the lead back. Obviously, Gus Edwards still getting the goal line, getting the short yardage stuff, but I think we see a, an increased workload for Justice Hill here. Um, all right, we're going to take Jared Goff. We're going to do that skinny stack. And then I guess I just got to double down on my take. If I'm going to come on here and say that Justice Hill is our generation's playoff hammer, we're going to take him as a one-off right here. So we we capture the production through the big faves in Justice Hill and Brandon Ayuk. We skinny stack Jared Goff with Laporta and play that Tampa Bay-Detroit game as a shootout with Rashad White and Mike Evans on the comeback. Singletary, definitely the better projected guy, but I just fired off a hot take and I had to uh, to put my $5 where my mouth was. Um, all right. So I have a, a more slim down programming week, um, because I am traveling Thursday, heading out to, uh, San Diego and then going to meet up with my buddies in Palm Springs for the weekend to watch the games. Um, but my schedule, uh, no club today, unfortunately, I wanted to do one. I wanted to talk to Jennings about the Gill arena shootout and Kenyon Martin Gilbert arenas bagging on his form but he's skiing today uh, and Andy was busy. So no club. Uh, I got to go run and do XM, but the rest of my schedule this week, uh, Wednesday, we'll still have the swole cast at one, I believe. So I, I should probably check my Slack. I assume we're having a swole cast. And then on um, Thursday, what we're going to do is we're going to shift off and on the clock up a day. Cause I'm going to be traveling Thursday evening. We're going to do a noon show for off and on the clock. I believe we're going to simulcast that both here and on the Badge Bros channel. So wherever you are, you'll be able to catch that out. We'll do a full divisional round preview show. So Battle Royale strategy and pickums for divisional weekend. Uh, that'll be noon. And then we're going to do Lulz at 1.30 right after that. So you get a little Thursday doubleheader. We're going to have Pat Mayo on Lulz. He had thoughts on our show last week about industry layoffs within the DFS space. So that'll be a fun afternoon of programming. And that's all I have. Uh, for this week. Um, and then you can keep an eye out for the newsletter as well, announcing that book club, the giveaway, all that good stuff. Um, I know I haven't been doing um, 
DFS After Darks this past couple weeks. It's just been crazy because we did like six night shows in a row on ship chasing and then I'm traveling, but I do plan to keep those going. So if you guys are YouTube members, um, we're going to have more premium content coming soon. Actually, I have a couple guests um, that I've been talking to that I need to firm up on the schedule. So we'll keep those rolling once I get back from this trip. And uh, yeah, we'll see about Monday. I'm taking the red eye back from California on Monday. So probably not a Monday AM portfolio review. Maybe we'll do Monday afternoon or Tuesday. Can keep an eye out for that. But uh, otherwise, good luck uh, this week as you guys uh, fire off some more divisional round action. Join us in the Discord, Deposit Kingdom Discord, all kinds of great channels, both public and premium channels in there. If you do become a YouTube member to the Hand Builder and Opto Bros, you'll unlock that private Discord channel in there as well. Um, that's it for me. Have a great rest of your week. I will see you guys uh, tomorrow on the Swolecast and then Wednesday, or sorry, and then Thursday for the off and on the clock divisional preview. Until then, we'll see you.